In this episode, we will review the five Supreme Court cases that everyone should know regarding a child support program. Yes, everyone should know this, whether you have a child support case or not. Here are the justices of the Supreme Court that everyone should also know who these nine members are. Now, in terms of child support, wouldn't you want to know what the Supreme Court actually says about child support versus rumors and stories? Well, if I say things like Blessing, Corelli, Holberg, how about Sage? Do you know what these Supreme Court decisions are? Well, let's start off with number one, which is Blessing versus Freestone. This is the cornerstone of the child support program. And in this Supreme Court decision, it says that the states may receive federal funding when they implement or develop a Title IV-D program. Again, Title IV-D is the child support program. The result was that the Title IV-D program benefits no individual person, no children, as well as neither the custodial parent. It is just a federal program that is used to manage the overall state program. So what are the importance of the case? Well, the, the justice says that the secretary is the one responsible for the system-wide performance of the state's child support program. And therefore, any benefit that's received by, the, by either the mother or the child is just incidental. It's not important. So this is decision in Blessing versus Freestone. Hello, my name is Chris. And in this episode, this is a critical episode regarding what exactly did the Supreme Court said about the child support program. And here we will show five cases in which that the, the Supreme Court has made decision. And again, the Supreme Court is the law of the land. There's an axiom a maxim of law that says ignorance of the law is no excuse and ignorance of the law cannot be used as an excuse and the case law is state versus miller in 2017 out of north carolina supreme court that applies to judges and attorneys so let's look at the constitutional law and it says here the governing principle of the constitutional democracy is that all officers of the government from the highest to the lowest, are creatures of the law, and they're bound to obey it. And no man in this country is so high that he is above the law, and no officer of the law may set the law at a defiance with impunity. Why am I saying this? We're going to cover five Supreme Court cases, and many of you that are before judges, they're saying that we don't abide by the, the constitutional law. That is not true. So here's what you should say when a judge tells you that we don't follow the federal law. Tell them the butts stop here, Mr. Lee. I say that because these decisions were from two case law, butts versus Economu, which is 438 U.S. 478 in 1978, and United States versus Lee, which is 106 U.S. at 220 in 1882. What this says is everyone must follow the constitution or suffer the consequences of it and so as i said what you to remind yourself of these two cases just say your honor the butts stop here mr lee 
and that is, you must abide by the constitutional law because of the case law, Butts versus Econo in United States versus Lee. So here's the bonus that I talk about in the beginning of one of the case laws. Recently, in a case called Taylor versus Robert Rojas, this was decided in November 2nd, 2020. Yes, just a few months ago. And in this decision, it's a landmark decision. It stated that even with our intervention, qualified immunity would not be available in any future case. It is time to overhaul the qualified immunity. Yes, folks, those judges and clerks and attorneys who are administering a child support program relied on qualified immunity, but now the Supreme Court has now said that qualified immunity should be reviewed. So what does that mean? For you who are before the child support program, you can start suing the judges. We started the conversation about filing lawsuits. This is the reason why I started that this year. Now, the qualified immunity program started with a case called Pearson versus Ray, which is 1967. And what it states is this, that the qualified immunity, the doctrine of qualified immunity, it grants a broad immunity against suit against government official acting in a discretionary capacity. And that is, they were immune from a 1983 civil rights lawsuit. Well, folks, that is no longer the decision as of a few months ago. Now, where else is this happening, this change with the qualified immunity? Well, the New Mexico governor has also signed into law that has ended qualified immunity. So all you gentlemen that are in the child support program in uh, New Mexico, you should be sharpening your tools to start your lawsuits. Also, on April 29, 2021, New York City has banned qualified immunity for cops who uses excessive force. This article here, Fair Use, from Nick Sibelia, that talks about how the qualified immunity is now ended in New York in New York City. That means this applies to judges and clerks of the child support program as well. They cannot use qualified immunity any further. Uh, here we are is where we're bringing this case regarding the five Supreme Court cases that has reshaped the child support program. As always, we accept donations either via Cash App or PayPal. And again, this helps us in continuing our research. So let's move to number two. This one is called United States versus SAGE, and that is 923D101 in the Second Circuit in 1996. The issue, the Child Support Recovery Act is invalid because it goes beyond the constitutional power of Congress to enact. That was the issue. The result of this Supreme Court case, it says, the child support agreements are equivalent to interstate commercial contracts and rejects the idea that child support payments obligation are somehow different. They're no different than student loans or a car note. So basically, the child support program is nothing more than an interstate contract. So here's the importance. States that have the Title IV-D program, they can expand it across the state territories to demand payments from parents who are labeled obligors. Now, I make a note, who are labeled obligors, not from fathers. This is very important. So because of the interstate 
uh, flavor or condition of the contracts, as you know, Congress has the authority to regulate interstate commerce, child support falls under that criteria as well. Now, as a result of that decision, many states, this is a, the 2019 wage garnishment program under 45 CFR 32, you have Texas making $4.35 billion, then California $2.4 billion, New York 1.7, Ohio 1.5, as well as Florida 1.5. So states have racked up immense what is called garnishment, and they're enjoying that windfall. So let's move to number three. This one is called Holberg versus Holberg, and that's 588 2D 720 in 1999. The issue before the Supreme Court is the administrative law judges modify district court child support orders, which violates the separation powers of doctrine under the Constitution. Now, who are administrative law judges? By now, you should know that the judges before child support, they are not real judges. And they're really called administrative law judges. That is, they're not judicial. And because they're not judicial, they don't have the authority to change a district court child support order. So what was the result of that is in Minnesota, they were permitting these administrative law judges to both practice law as well as to change court decision. And that was deemed unconstitutional. So here's the important thing. Child support is not a judicial process. It's an administrative tribunal process, as well as child support orders, in our opinion, has no appeal because it's not a court order. It is a contract. Now, many of these case laws that I'm reviewing is found in what is called the DOJ letter that is no longer available on the internet. However, if you'd like a copy of that DOJ letter, which has additional Supreme Court decisions, you can get it from our website, which is called childsupport.newzendler.com. And it's our masterclass where we put a lot of our information that we cannot put on, uh, on the internet where you can retrieve additional information and classes. So let's move to number four. This is Corelli versus Hauser. That's 90-3340 uh, in 1990. Mothers argue that the public is the intended beneficiary of the Title IV-D child support program for both AFDC and non-AFDC, and the money should be going to them and not the state. As you know, the AFDC is the welfare program that is aid um, for families with dependent children. That's basically the, the foundation of the welfare program. Well, here's the result of this particular lawsuit. Mothers are not the intended beneficiaries of the statute, such that they have no constitutional right to maintain a 1983 civil rights lawsuit against the agency or the state. The importance of this is that the Secretary of Health and Human Resources is the oversight and therefore it forecloses or shuts off the ability for mothers to sue on the 1983 remedy. Now look at this pattern. You hear a mother says, I put fathers on child support. That is not true. They have absolutely no right to the program. And Corelli versus Hauser was a decision from that. So do you notice a pattern? What is the pattern? 
all these Supreme Court cases that I'm reviewing that goes to the heart of the child support program are brought by mothers, women. None of them, when you review them, are brought by fathers or men. And so the Supreme Court has done it many times that mothers and custodial parents do not have access to the child support program. I did a video call, Mothers Did Not Put You on Child Support. Please feel free to re review that. I provide more details. So let's move to number five. Is We Hunt versus Ledbetter, 875 in 1989. The issue before the court mothers of AFDC children to require the state to enforce the provisions of the Title IV-D program under 42 U.S.C. 651. Here's the result. The AFDC program is a contractual arrangement and is funded by both the federal government and making payments to the state. And the secretary is responsible for the implementation of that program. Well, what does it mean? Well, according to the statute of the program, it does not require that the state spends more money to collect money from these obligor, a.k.a. fathers, than it actually spends. In the lawsuit, it says they're not going to spend $100 to collect $50. So what does that mean? That means mothers cannot sue the agency to to attack or seek out fathers if financially it does not make sense. Again, this demonstrates that mothers are not in control of the child support program. It is the state government in conjunction with the federal government. Now, because of that and the federal funding, the child support program is very profitable. As it says, they're not going to spend more money than is needed in order to collect the support. So in 2019, which is the last fiscal year that the program, uh, that the numbers were reported to Congress, it's about $28.7 billion collected. They paid out $27.6 billion, which means there's $1.1 billion that is being shared in the child support program. That's pure profit. Again, for every dollar that they spend, they collect $5. You're wondering who gets this money? Well, of course. Leave the comments. You know who's sharing this money. The judges and the lawyers and the state. This information is also available on our podcast, and feel free uh, to listen on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. We, we have a video called Vexatious and Belligerent Litigant. The five lawsuits that we just reviewed, in order to exercise them, you need to be what is called a belligerent litigant in court. That is, you are given permission from the Supreme Court in order to be what is called challenge these judges to their authority. Uh, we have an ongoing discussion on this channel regarding immunity. As we now know, immunity is questionable, uh, but there's called defeat motion to dismiss this is how that the judges and the lawyers in the state defeat your lawsuit and we will have that discussion and all i'm asking for is that increase the subscribership yes i'm asking to increase the subscribership such that i could re continue this conversation 
And thank you for listening today. Now that you know that there's five lawsuits that has reshaped the child support program. Have a good day.